0: Well, good evening. Glad you guys are here tonight. Ironically, I'm a little tired from preparing the message tonight, which is entitled, I'm Too Tired. But I think it'll be good. So um, tonight we are continuing a series that we've been going over since the beginning of the semester called Behind Enemy Lies. And we've been talking, one of the verses that we've been talking about that is a scary but true verse is this one on the screen right here. It says, uh, 1 Peter 5.8, and this has been a foundation verse for a big part of this series. It says, be of sober mind, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. You and I have a very powerful enemy who wants to destroy our lives, and because He's so smart and cunning, he tends to go about destroying our lives, not in, in really crazy, just in-your-face ways, but in very overt, subtle ways. And what he, what he does, what his, his typical pattern is, what we've been talking about, is he tends to implant in our minds these emotion-packed lies that, that are best half-truths, and he gets us to—he he implants them in our minds so subtly that not only does he get them— get us to think that we thought of them, but he gets us to think that they're actually true. And it's really dangerous thing because if we begin to base future decisions and our lives on these half-truths and these lies from the enemy, we're going to find ourselves wasting a whole lot of energy and a whole lot of time and a whole lot of effort um, that really, at the end of the day, don't really benefit us, don't really benefit other people, and don't really benefit the kingdom of God in general. And along with these lies being very subtle, one of the things that enemy does is he, in, in order to slip under the radar, is he, he likes to play the long-term game. So the, the destruction and the bad fruit of some of these lies that we can tend to buy into, we don't see them play out for 5, 10, 15 years down the road. And at that point, we've already, we've already been in a, in a big mess of hurt. You know, there's a lot of things we've already done to mess up our lives. So we really have to be wise, we're talking about this series, and be shrewd in the way that we deal with these enemy lies because... That's what he's doing with us. He's being shrewd as well, and the enemy—he's—he's not playing just to have fun. He's really playing to win, and his version of winning is that we would have our lives totally destroyed, either by living in complete opposition to God, or if we—or just not doing anything to really further God's kingdom. Um, And both of those types of lives, whether it's complete opposition or just not furthering God's kingdom, end up really in the same place, which is a wasted life. And we don't want that for you guys. So that's why we're talking about this series. So um, we talked about the way that we battle these enemy lies is we do this two-step process. We resist and we replace. We resist the lie of the enemy and we choose to replace it with a truth based on God's word. Um, so at this point in the series, we've covered three enemy lies. And so I want to review those real quickly with you guys. The first is the enemy lie, it's too hard. And the truth to combat that that we want to replace it with, is we find in Philippians 4.13, which says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, we may face a lot of difficult situations in our lives, um, and they're going to be hard, but they're not too hard um, if we're working out of God's strength and not our own. Then in the second week, we talked about the lie of it's not fair. And the truth we have to tell ourselves when we to combat that lie is, you know, God is actually good, he's in control, and he won't rip us off. And the two verses that, we, that speak to that are Romans eight twenty eight, which says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. And the second we find is in Genesis fifty twenty, when, if you guys remember, this is the story of Joseph and his brothers sold him into slavery. And through a series of events, the way God uses that is he actually raises him up to become the second in command of all of Egypt. And so he's standing before his brothers at this point, and he says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it. For good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Then in the last week we talked about the lie of it's not what I want. And to combat this lie, we have to really tell ourselves the truth, which is surrender is really the key to unlock God's purpose for your life. And a good verse to go with that truth is Matthew twenty six, thirty nine, when Jesus says, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken away from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So before we get into uh, this week's Enemy Lie, what what I wanted to do is I want you guys to take a couple of minutes, and I wanted you to um, answer this question, discuss this with someone sitting next to you. It's uh, how have you had to battle any of these lies over the course of this semester so far? Because the chances are you've probably, we've probably each had to battle at least one, if not multiple, of these lies throughout the last couple of weeks. We're almost a third of the way into the semester, which is crazy to think about, Um, and you know what? What I want you guys to share with each other is the reason why is because a couple of things. One, uh, just to encourage each other that hey, you know what? Wow, I'm not the only one battling these lies. Good, there's someone else. <laughs> um, and then two, just so you're a little more uh, able to know how you can pray for each other. Um, so take a couple minutes and before we dive into this next lie, and just share with uh, share with your neighbor about that. And don't don't worry. I'm not going to ask you like, hey, so what? What did you guys share? Like you don't have to say in front of the whole group. So feel free to be a little more vulnerable. Um, so take two minutes, and then we'll uh, we'll keep going. All right, go. All right, let's come back together. So who wants to share? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, well, I hope that was not a, uh, a pointless exercise. I hope that was encouraging. Hopefully, you guys begin to see that these maybe are a little more common than we realize. Um, so tonight we're going to be talking about the fourth of the, of the five lies that we're going to be covering in this series. Um, and in many ways, this lie is really uh, very similar and very related to the first lie of, you know, it's too hard. Uh, but it's, it's got some differences. And the enemy lie is this, I'm too tired. Now, like a lot of the lies that we've been covering in this series, uh, this one is probably one that is fairly relatable, fairly easy to buy into. Um, in many ways... Uh, you know, this slide is easy to give into um, because, let's face it, there's probably not very many days that you're thinking, you know what, I've just got way too much energy today and um, I probably could go ahead and just deplete some of that and give it to someone who really needs it because I don't know what to do with this excess energy. Um, now, some of you people that are quieter may be thinking, well, I've got some friends that are pretty loud and I think they have too much energy. Um, but the fact of the matter is, most of us, you know, are, as, as we get older and as you, have, you bear more responsibilities, um, you tend to just be more tired. And, you know, when we're babies, you know, we, we cry because we have to take a nap. And then when we're adults, we cry because we don't get to take a nap sometimes. Um, so it's kind of a loser situation. But, but e- either way, we, we just tend to be uh, more tired as time goes on. However, a subtlety that I want us to pick up on is being tired and being too tired are two very different things, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Um, yeah, often it's really easy to give into this lie of "I'm just too tired." I'm too tired to do fill in the blank. Um, and so I was thinking through, like, well, why is this? What what are what are reasons that that, that we're prone to naturally just say this idea of "I'm too tired"? Um, so, there's a couple I thought of. Uh, one is, you know, I, I think sometimes we're unaware of how much we can actually handle in life. Um, I think uh, an example I thought of one time is, you know, when, when, I, was in, when I was in high school, um, I played basketball and our coach, Coach Duong, um, he would run us into the ground in basketball practice. I mean, he, he would look at us and he knew that we were not the, the most athletic team uh, in the league. So he had this motto of, you know what? You guys may lose games because you're not as athletic as some people, but you will never lose a game because you're, and we're shaped in other teams, and he pretty much made sure that was true. I mean, we, we lost some games, but it was never because we got out-hustled. It was just because we were out-skilled, you know, and so um, some of these other teams beat us, but, um, but we were in shape, and then there was times he would run us where I thought, I think I might pass out right now. Surely he's going to tell us to stop, and then he'd go, Run 16 more lanes, <laughs> and the last one has to run an additional 16. It's like, wait a minute, he's the last one. Isn't he extra tired? But in, anyway, but he would have us do this over and over and over. And one of the things that I realized coming out of that is I'm still alive. I didn't pass out. You know, what it was was I, I just didn't realize how far I could actually go, how much I could actually handle, and he was pushing me to my limits on that. Um, I think another reason we tend to give in to the lie of, you know, I'm too tired, is maybe the the end of a responsibility um, just really doesn't seem like in sight or it's too far off, you know, or the the end of something that you're really uh, hoping to see reward in um, because you're staying after, whether it's like exercise or uh, school or something like that, it just seems like "Ah, that's really far off. And so it's easy to kind of give it this like, I'm just too tired. (laughs) I don't want to keep going, you know. Um, I know for me right now, like, I, I'm, you know, four years into a two-year uh, master's degree, and, um, and I, I've got about another two years to go and uh, working on a, a seminary degree. And, you know, that, that wouldn't be a, that big of a deal if I, um, you know, was, was single and a like, full-time student and didn't have a job and, like, that, I could just focus on that. But when you're married and you have a kid and you have a full-time job, it's like, ah, two years, two to go, I'm I might be too tired. I might just go ahead and stop. You know, I think I've learned enough at this point, you know, but, but you know, those, that's a very tempting thing to do from time to time. Um, I think another thing we, uh, reason we tend to give in to this temptation of, you know, I'm too tired um, is really just a mismanagement of time, a mismanagement of time. Um, have you ever had uh, a professor assign a paper that was due in a month, and then you just had a really busy month, and all of a sudden – the paper's due tomorrow at 8 a.m., and it's midnight, and you haven't started. I've been there, researched the paper from midnight to 2, wrote it from 2 to 7, took a 30-minute nap and then turned it in. Um, And in those situations, he's tempting to go, I'm too tired. Uh, Maybe I just will take a W on this class. Um, Or, you know, maybe you're at home uh, over the winter break, and really, you have nothing to do on your to-do list at all. Um, but yet, you manage to fill your day with lots of fun activities, you know, not not bad things, but, you know, seemingly m- meaningless activities. And uh, and yet, at the end of the day, you get into bed, as late at night, and you're thinking, oh, man, I haven't spent any time with God today. And, you know, the, it's kind of cold outside, and you're comfy, and you're sheets, and you're thinking, I think I'm just too tired to spend time with God today. You know, uh, maybe I won't, maybe tomorrow. And then, tomorrow eventually is today and then you say the same thing for tomorrow and you keep doing it over and over. Um, I've been there. I've done that too. Um, or maybe maybe a final reason as to why it's sometimes easy to give in to uh, the lie of I'm too tired is just laziness, you know, good old-fashioned laziness, you know. Um, been there too. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think those are just some of the obstacles that we naturally face. Um, that make us more susceptible to the lie of I'm too tired. Um, but a question to kind of ask at that point is, or maybe you've thought of this, is, well, who cares? You know, why, why should I care? What, what does it matter if I give into the lie? Of, yeah, sure, maybe I give into the lie I'm too tired some time, but big deal. Why, why is that a big deal at all? Um, I think that matters for a couple of reasons. One, I think while we are in the midst of battling the the enemy lie of I'm too tired, God is at work, and he is wanting to build character qualities into your life and into my life. And character qualities like perseverance and faithfulness and love or self-control or patience or the ability to do things with excellence. And he's wanting to build these character qualities in our lives. But you know what? This is going to take some work on our part too. Um, And not only that, but God's also... He has good works in store for our lives, that the Bible says. It says in, uh, that he wants to accomplish in and through our lives. You know, Ephesians 2.10, um, which is up here on the screen, it says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And, you know, as I have as reflect on that verse and I think about that over the years, it's an amazing idea to think about that the God of the universe that created the star that spoke the stars and the planets into existence has invited us onto the stage of history to actually play a role in accomplishing the things that he's wanting to do in the lives of people around the world. Like that's, that is a a massive privilege. And I mean, what a sense of purpose to be able to like be invited into that yet at the same time, that requires work. You know, it's it's work to be able to do these things. Um, And in God's economy, one of the things that's a little different than sometimes uh, the normal way of thinking is in God's economy, the reward for a job well done is actually more work. Um, I don't know if any of you guys remember the, the parable of, of the bags of gold, or as some, some translations call it, the parable of the talents. Um, and you find it in Matthew 25. It's not up on the screen, but, but basically what's happening in this is there's, there's one guy that he's entrusted with five bags of gold, And he works really hard to invest his money, and he turns it into 10 bags of gold for his master. And so when his master comes back, he's like, look, I've got 10 bags of gold. And what his master doesn't say to him is, well done, good and faithful servant. You get to go to Disneyland. Yay! Like, party, all right. You don't have to do any more work. You're off. He goes, no. No, what he says is, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. So because he was faithful with a little, he's given a whole lot more to manage, which is awesome, but that's more work. <laughs> um, now, I mean, it's not just a grind. I mean, he does get to share in his master's happiness, the Bible says, and he he does receive more status in the economy and the kingdom of God, but it does mean more work. And that work can make a person tired. So someone, uh, and now someone once said, you know, a, a book I've read by, um, called Spiritual Leadership, Oswald Sanders, it says, uh, that the world is led by tired people. And I think that's true. Um, I think God tends to work through tired people. And it's also true that if you want God to build these godly characteristics into your life, and you want God to, to really use your life to accomplish things that you couldn't accomplish on your own, you know, God-worthy and God-designed type, type plans for your life, it's, it's going to probably make you tired. Um, but, so the problem is, though, if we already naturally struggle with the idea of I'm too tired and yet to be a part of these things that God wants to build in our lives and do through our lives is also going to require work and make us tired, what, what do we do? Um, how do we keep from stopping short of what God has for our lives? You know, how do we keep from falling into the enemy's schemes where he really just gets us to kind of live a mediocre life and, yeah, we do some things, but really, in the grand scheme of things, how it affects God's kingdom, it's, it's really nothing. Um, I think the answer to that, that I'm convinced, is really the same idea we've talked about of resisting and replacing. And I think what we choose is we choose to resist the lie of I'm too tired and we replace it with the truth of I'm tired, but with God's help, I'm not too tired. See, that's a big difference there. You know, I'm tired, but with God's help, I'm not too tired. I mean, you don't have to deny you're tired, but no, I've got all the energy in the world. No, I mean, there's some days I'm like, I'm kind of dragging, you know, but with God's help, I'm not too tired. I can accomplish what he wants me to accomplish. Isaiah 40, verse 29 to 31, um, this is a really encouraging uh, verse that speaks this truth. It says, he gives strength to the weary, speaking of God, and increases the power of the weak. And it says, Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord, or hope in the Lord, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not be faint. Now, as you look at some of those descriptive words, uh, you know, weary, weak, tired, faint. Have, have any of you guys ever felt any of those before? Maybe even this week, you know? Yeah, I have. Um, But yet God promises that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. You know, he he promises that he's going to give the energy that we need and he will refresh us, but we need to ask him. I think there's a lot of uh, opportunities to be refreshed by God. And a lot of times that we we could go the extra distance but don't because we just don't ask God for help. Um, Now, to be honest, Sometimes the energy and the refreshment that God chooses to give in situations like this, uh, from our perspective, sometimes it can come a little bit later than we would hope it to come. Um, it's a little later a lot of times in, in our eyes how fast God works, but in God's timing, while it may seem slow to us, it's actually perfect. Um, and part of what seems like delay on God's part is actually by design. Um, you know, just like my coach had a reason for pushing us so hard that uh, that we felt like we were going to pass out a lot of times, you know, his, his reason for that was he was trying to push us to the point that we were mentally tough and physically ready for these games that were going to be even tougher than practices so that those just didn't even seem that hard. Um, and God has a reason for giving us energy and refreshment at the times that he does. And one of the things that God is doing is he's He's trying to build character in us and he's trying to stretch our capacities. But, but even more than that, what he's trying to do is he's trying to grow in us a deeper dependency upon him. Um, and what, he, what he's really trying to do is he's trying to build the truth of, of John fifteen five into the reality of our lives. Some, some of us, we've read John fifteen five before and we'll read there in a second. But until we actually have to rely on God in a lot of situations, it doesn't really become real to us. At best, it's maybe just true. In this passage, Jesus is speaking, he's talking about the relationship between him and his followers. And he says, you know, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. What Jesus is talking about here is he's talking about a life of dependency. Um, and, you know, in our culture today, which is a very independent culture, um, that, that's not a very popular idea. I mean, to have to, have to admit, you know, that... Uh, I have inadequacies and, and I'm helpless apart from God, that, that kind of takes a shot at my pride. I don't want to like, say, like, oh, I, I need God's help. Um, yet, that's really true. But in situation after situation, God is trying to bring us to the point that we're in a state of dependency upon him and we need to be able to turn to him for energy and refreshment. And we have to trust that he's going to come through in his timing, not ours. And when we do this, the great thing about it is he actually ends up really getting glorified. He gets the credit because we know and the people around us know, like, hey, he, he, was, he was on his last leg. How did he finish that? You know, Well, God, God came through for him. Now, Paul, one of the great Christian leaders in the New Testament, um, he came to the same conclusion when he's writing in 2 Corinthians 12.9 12, 12, uh, when he says, But he said to me, speaking about God, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. What Paul realized is that when he was tired and at his weakest, God really had opportunity to show his power and strength even more in Paul's life than when he felt like he had a lot of energy. And actually, more really got accomplished as a result um, than if Paul had just tried to do things in his own strength. And the same is really true with you and me. Um, so when you're in the middle of a responsibility and you feel like, you know, just giving into the lie and saying, you know, I'm too tired, um, tell yourself the truth, which is really, you know, I'm tired. Yeah, I am tired. But with God's help, I'm really not too tired. And then ask for God to give you energy and refreshment, and then keep after your responsibility. Don't stop. Don't say, God, when you give me the energy, then I'll keep moving forward. No, just move forward. And as you do, God will give you energy in stride. You know, don't just wait. Um, and if you do that, God, you'll see time and time again, God will be faithful in situation after situation to give you the energy you need. And, that, and it's in those times when we really have to rely on him. It's those times, that's, that's when God's really building the character in our lives that we talked about earlier. And it's over time that you'll begin to see God doing these works in your life, and you can begin to look back over years and years, and you're like, wow, like, that really can't be explained for any reason other than God because I'm just not that good, you know? Um, Now, for the remainder of our time, what I wanted to do uh, is I want to talk about some, what are some preventative measures we can take that really keep us from falling into needless situations where we're prone to give in to the idea of I'm too tired. Um, And I'm not talking about avoiding situations that God really wants to use to train our lives. What I'm talking about is, yeah, When we make dumb decisions, like we talked about at the beginning, that really just set us up for failure and kind of put us in these spots where it's much easier to give in the idea of, I'm too tired. Um, because even though, even in those situations, we do have to rely upon God, you know, we don't get points for being stupid. You know, I mean, if you make some bad decisions, like, um, we, we don't want to be in those situations. So what are some preventative, natural things you can begin to do in your life every day, uh, to not only avoid the tempting situations of giving in to this lie of I'm too tired, but also to really capitalize on the training opportunities that God uh, wants to do in your life. Um, so a couple of them I have here. One, is, one preventive measure is schedule your time. Um, now schedules oftentimes, they get kind of a bad rap, kind of like budgets. Um, for those of you that don't understand a schedule, uh, or they, they, they tend to seem a little more restrictive. Um, but what a schedule does is it really allows you to proactively choose to decide ahead of time where you want your time to go, what activities you want to get your time to, and then it really also uh, sets you up to be able to buy up opportunities that God brings along the way that you couldn't anticipate because you've been using your time well and not wasting it, so you actually have a little bit of margin in your schedule to buy up other opportunities as well. Um, so a couple of suggestions that I'd offer on, on how to make your schedule Uh, really the best. First thing I'd say is put the most important things in your schedule first. You know, things like time with God, class, your parents would appreciate you putting that one in there. Um, Work if you have a job. They need you to show up, otherwise you don't have a job. Um, Studying, you know, time like coming to challenge or or a life group or freshman connection or if you're in a small group study. Exercise, sleep. These, These are big rocks that, you need to put in your schedule first. And then after you have those in your schedule, then begin to fill in the rest of your schedule with the smaller, less important things. Things that aren't necessarily bad, but really if if something has to be cut off in your week, those things get last priority. Um, But the big things are in there first. Then the second suggestion I'd have for for how you can really uh, use your schedule to the best is get wise people to give input on your schedule. <clears throat> um there may be key areas really missing out of your schedule that you're unaware of. Or maybe you, you bring your schedule to someone and they go, Um, have have you noticed you put twenty-six hours worth of things to do in that twenty-four hour day? I don't I don't think that's gonna work. Maybe you should cut something out of that. And you go, Oh, yeah. Or have you have you allotted for transportation? Because uh how are you gonna magically appear from that place to that place? Uh if there's no time for travel in between there. Oh, I didn't think about that. I guess I'll we'll just run perpetually late like I do most of the time. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, th- these, are, these are things that someone that's wise and a little further down the road can really speak into your schedule. They can point out blind spots uh, that, that you might not have seen. Um, then a third suggestion on how you can really put together a good schedule is schedule the hardest you know, or the slash most draining tasks or meetings when you have the most energy, if possible. Schedule the hardest or most draining tasks or meetings when you have the most energy if possible. Sometimes we just have some responsibilities in our schedule that are just, you know, whether it's a class or a meeting that they're really hard or if they're not hard, maybe they're just emotionally or physically really draining. <clears throat> and so it's really wise if you can, don't put those at the bottom of a to-do list of 10 things, you know, put it at the top, give your best energy to those kind of activities. Um, now, I say if possible because, you know, sometimes your schedule is just not going to allow it in certain weeks because your schedule often is not just totally independent of everybody else's. It's usually working around at people's schedules. So, you know, with that being said, uh, sometimes you might just have to <clears throat> do hard things at an inconvenient time. And if so, you know, that's, that's, that's life. You know, you just ask for God's help in those situations. But if you have the ability to change that, do so. Um, then a second preventive measure I, I would— uh, I'd recommend you trying to begin to put into practice to really combat you know the these situations that are prone for us to give into the life. I'm too tired is fight laziness. Um, fight it with with all you've got. A couple of suggestions I'd have for you on how to do that is one, work when it's time to work. Don't rest. Uh, Proverbs 20, verse 4 says, a sluggard, which In Proverbs, you know, anytime you see the word sluggard, they're they're talking about a lazy person. You know, it's another another term for that. A sluggard does not plow in season, so at harvest time he looks but finds nothing. So notice the problem of the sluggard here. He's a farmer, and there's a specific time of the year that you need to plow and plant seeds, and he doesn't do it. So he waits months later, and harvest time is supposed to come around. He looks outside, and no crops you know, imagine that. Um, And the same is true with you and me. You know, if if we choose to not work when it's work time, then we're not going to have anything to show for it. So the the idea here to help fight laziness is don't work when you feel like working. Work when it's time to work. And then you can rest when it's time to rest. But you need to work when it's time to work. Otherwise, the opportunity is going to go by and you may want to work later, but it's over. I mean, you don't believe me, just tell your professor at the end of finals, I'm ready to work now. Oh, sorry. I already entered your grade. Looks like this, you know. Um, The second suggestion I give you on how to fight laziness is be a finisher. Be a finisher. Proverbs 19.24 says, the sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He will not even bring it back to his mouth. Now, the this, this verse at first may seem like, what does that have anything to do with finishing? But but notice, notice the picture that he's painting here. The picture is, this is this guy, he has this dish of something he's going to eat um, and, he's, and he just buries his hand into it. And for whatever reason, whenever I read this verse, I always think of Cheerios. I don't know why, but that's like, I just imagine it's like this big bowl of Cheerios, like, ah, you know. But, um, but he buries his hand into this dish, you know, with all this zeal and gusto and he's just like, yes! Much like we kind of do with new classes, or new jobs, or new responsibilities, like, woohoo, you know, go all out, we start off really well, but notice what happens after, he, he buries his hand in the dish, and he's like, oh, it's a lot of distance, I don't know, I don't know if I can bring it all the way back to my mouth, and so he doesn't even get to eat the Cheerios, you know, because, if they are Cheerios, I don't know, um, but because he's just, he's too lazy, you know, he, he's not a finisher, See, the difference between a lazy person and a diligent person is not how they start in a task or how they start in a responsibility. It's how they finish. Or in the case of a lazy person, how they don't finish. Um, So be a finisher. Follow through on commitments that you've made faithfully. And, you know, in the future you might even have to reevaluate. I don't know if I want to have that commitment again. That's okay. But while you have it, follow through on it faithfully and fulfill it. And then another way you can fight laziness is choose to do life with diligent people. Choose to do life with diligent people. You will become like the people you hang out with. I mean, you, you've heard that before. You know that. Um, so if you hang out with lazy people, uh, what you're going to find is you're not going to have anyone to really urge you on, to push you and, and challenge you to keep going after things and be diligent in your tasks. So if you're prone to laziness or you're just afraid you might fall into that, then don't hang around lazy people. Hang around people who are actually being diligent and getting after the things that they're doing and you'll find you, you, you start to become diligent too because they call you to a higher standard. Um, then the last preventive measure I would encourage you to take in avoiding situations where you can be easily tempted to falling into the, the lie of, you know, I'm too tired, is stay connected to the power source, that being God. Um, stay connected to the power source. One, one, one way you can practically begin to do this is just begin to have some regular fellowship with God on a daily basis. You know, spend time with Him in, in prayer and spend time reading His Word and just relating to Him as, as a friend and get to know Him, get to know His Word and His perspective and how He sees life, and then ask Him and begin to figure out, how can I begin to apply the truths of Your Word into my everyday life? Now, I'll tell you what happens if you try to start doing that, is... The enemy's going to begin begin to get you to believe this lie that, you know, you're, you're too busy. You know, you're an important person. You're way too busy and you're way too tired to spend time with God. That's just one more thing. But the truth really is you're too busy and too tired not to spend time with God because it's really in the spending time with God that you're going to find real refreshment, real clear perspective, real um, just energy to go you know, the extra the extra mile and the things that he has for you. And it's really in the spending time with God that you can see life a whole lot clearer. Of like, you know what, that is a complete waste of time. That's important. That, I and mean, maybe we'll get to that. But not until we get to this first, you know. And so you, God begins to give you that perspective the more and more you spend time with his word. It's called wisdom. Now, if you will regularly put these preventive measures into practice, um, I think you will find you will avoid a lot more potential tempting situations of, of giving to life, I'm too tired. But even with these preventive measures, they're still going to be, I mean, and, and no one's going to do these perfectly, you know. I mean, these are, these are ideal things to shoot for, but, but no one does this perfectly. No, I mean, you can have a great schedule and then it blows to pieces 10 minutes after you made it. Um, but we can still put these into practice. But even with these, we're still going to have times that God is going to put us in situations where <clears throat> he's really wanting to build character into your life or begin to do works through your life, and the enemy will see that situation that God's trying to train us in, and he'll capitalize on top of that and go, oh, you're too tired for that. You shouldn't do that. Just, just go to bed. It's not a big deal. Um, and if we buy into that lie, we're going to miss out on a lot of things that God wants to do in our life. So as you feel the urge come in, just, I'm too tired, just tell yourself, no, that's not true. You know, I am tired. I'm not going to, I mean, I'll give you that. You know, okay enemy, you're partly true. Um, But I'm not too tired. Not if I have God's help. And then ask God for refreshment and really, and courageously move forward in your responsibilities, trusting him to energize you not to restart the task, but to energize you while you're in stride with the task. And if you will, I I think you'll find there's no telling what all God might do through your life because God is capable of a whole lot more than you and I. And so if we choose to just let him you know, use us as a vessel to accomplish whatever he wants to accomplish, who who knows what he might end up doing. So I really challenge you, don't give in to that lie when that comes up. Tell yourself the truth and then faithfully move forward. So let me pray for us and then we're going to have the band come back up. Let's pray and ask that God would help us begin to do this. God, I, uh, I thank you that you really do give us the... The energy to do things that um, when we're just really tired, uh, God, a lot of times you're, you're really merciful with us because we can do some things that um, sucked energy out of us that you didn't intend on us doing just because we're, we're fallen people. Yet you still really uh, are faithful to come through when we really turn to you for help. And I really do appreciate that. But I ask God that we really would just be wise in the way we live that we don't put ourselves in any more of these situations than we have to be in. Um, and God, when it's you putting us in situations to really train us, uh, help us to see that. Help us to capitalize on opportunity. And God, when the energy seems like it's running low, or even before that, God, would you help us to um, ask you and to cry out to you to really give us the energy to do what you've called us to do, God. Um, and then help us just to really uh, see you come through. Uh, at at just the right time. And uh, we pray you'd help us to do this in Jesus' name. Amen.